Hello and welcome back to another episode of the DFS Today podcast and The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Thursday, January 12th, and we are approaching Super Wild Card Weekend. I am joined today by a new guest on the podcast, a recent uh, entry into La Familia of Sports Ethos, a someone who's been playing DFS for six years, probably the best DFS guest that I've had on the football side of this podcast. So welcome to Mike Lafemina. Mike, how you doing? Welcome to the pod. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to, you know, be doing this with you and getting this journey started. So I previewed like your you coming on to the show on the Tuesday episode. So for the listeners, I kind of mentioned that, hey, you're more of a GPP player. Uh, I'm more of a cash game player. We were talking a little bit pre-show. You're like a 50-50 split between cash and GPPs. Can you just explain to the listeners kind of your approach to the DFS space and kind of how you, you know, line up, build, roster constructs? Like what are some of your key principles? Sure. So I like to split up my action kind of like you mentioned, 50-50. I like to do half my spend for the week in GPPs. I don't go crazy in the mass multi-entry tournaments. I I do the single entries, the three maxes, because uh, I'm I'm a hand builder by nature. I don't I don't run optimizer, click and mass enter it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I I do the other half cash to soak up my losings from the GPP for the week. And um, yeah, and I like to split up the cash. I, I when I do my cash, I like single entries in that too, and I mm-hmm. like doing head to heads. Yeah, I think that's a great, um, something I talk about a lot, it's a great reinforcement of it, is for listeners who are entering DFS tournaments, you really want to check how many lineups are like the max entries for that tournament, because the ones that allow, you know, 25 plus entries are generally filled with experts running algorithms and, you know, running optimizers and formulas to create lineups to essentially formulate some way to nearly, you know, guarantee or get a huge plus EV on you as someone who's just entering one lineup to be able to reach that top 5%, that top 10% to end up cashing in a GPP. So for those reasons, look for single entry tournaments, especially like if you're in cash games, get in a single entry double up, get in a single entry 50-50, do what Mike's saying and join an actual head-to-head where you're going straight up with someone. He was even telling me in in the pregame, he makes lobbies where he can only play against the person one time. So you want to do these little tricks to avoid people who are just experts flooding the market and trying to pick off people with their formulas. So I'm kind of in that same boat, Mike. I very much pay attention to the optimizers because I want to use that as the as the as the where should I play into mm-hmm. and then where should I pivot away from. So I, some people look at ownership projections. Obviously, I'm a big gambler. Gambling's my main thing. DFS is aside to my gambling knowledge so i i'm tracking where the over unders are moving what what's happening in the totals what's happening in the spreads how's the props market moving and using that to correlate value into the dfs world because the totals move throughout the week the prop values move throughout the week but the dfs lineups those those prices those lineups are posted the sunday night before the monday morning the, the week of so we have stable price tags next to these players when the values in real time are, are fluctuating based on some matchups, some opportunity shares, stuff like that. Sure. Uh, something else that I think is really important that I don't think a lot of people do is just watching news throughout the week. You know, t- 
Twitter's your friend when it comes to that. Um, oh, yeah. You know, just making sh- who's practicing, who's not, you know. Um, and then reacting to late news on Sunday. Not enough people, I think, react to news that gets dropped on Sunday morning yep. about, you know, inactives and adjusting your lineup accordingly with opportunities that open up for players. You know, it's it's a lot, but, you know, it's what it takes to win. Right. You need to be at your slate near lock. Less so in the NFL as other sports, but it, I think it's also super important. Like, if you find out on a Sunday morning, you know, Zeke's out or Tony Pollard's getting limited snaps or anything, and you're, like, not even on any Cowboys running back, you can quickly pivot and go, oh, well, now I need a value Malik Davis or whatever it is and slide those players into your lineup. So I totally agree. Be at your slate at lock, play single entries. If you want, I'm also a proponent of playing smaller entry fees because I find the experts are in the smaller entry tournament. So instead of entering one $100 tournament, I'll enter $25 tournaments. And I'm still playing for the same amount of money, but I'm likely playing against weaker competition. So it's just a way to just avoid the sharks in the market. Absolutely. And one last thing touching on that, I like I like playing the smallest field possible as well. You're just you don't have to have the nuts to to win those contests. There it allows, yep. you know, room for margin in that and, you know, as hopefully you win more and more and you're moving up the stakes, those larger larger buy-in tournaments tend to be smaller fields so you're getting practice playing in those smaller field tournaments at the same time. Exactly. All right, so let's move on. Let's start talking about this weekend, these games. The first thing I want to say to the people who listen to me, not only for the DFS stuff, for the betting advice, is this. I have two I have two points to make. The first is just because these games are more important in real life, in real time, to these teams because they're playing in the playoffs, go, trying to get to the Super Bowl, doesn't mean that it has to be more important to you doesn't mean you need to bet more money and increase your unit size just because you think it's a playoff and it's a bigger game. I've actually decreased my unit size because I have less confidence in my reads in the market. So these are actually less important of games as, you know, a week 10 game where I had nine weeks of regular season data, rest advantages, less, you know, more inactive players to an injury news to bank on. So we have generally healthy teams, generally equal rest advantage, super sharp lines this week. That gets to my second point is this week, the lines are moving all over the place. There are sharp markets. There are sharp groups on nearly both sides of every line. So like yesterday, the Bills Dolphins line, which was a 40 and a half, 44 and a half on the total moved to 46, like in an instant, like it quickly got bet up to 46. So that means huge money came in on the over. And then as soon as it went up to 46, literally 30 seconds later, ticks down back to 45 and a half. So that means as soon as it got up to 46, someone came in hammering the other side and took the under. So there are big betting groups on nearly every side of these lines. So just be careful. I talked about on Tuesday that early money came in on the Giants. Late money came in on the Vikings. We're still fairly early in the week. So we could see another wave of of line movement coming in. So for this specific week, the lines are super sharp and be careful. So I am betting, I'm gonna tweet out all my bets, but my exposure this week is less and my exposure in the DFS space is actually increased because I actually like the DFS space. So Mike, let's start there. Let's start with the Seahawks 49ers game. Are there any, this is the Thursday's episode is generally the value episode. So we're targeting 
you know, we, we you could touch on a spend up as we get there if there's someone you really like. But sure. are there any value opportunities that you see from this Seattle San Francisco game? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, you know, I do expect this to be fairly one sided. Um, I think you alluded to that on Tuesday. You're leaning San Fran with the laying the points that are not laying. Yeah, the, points, the but... spread moved. The spread went up to ten and a half, then back to ten. Now down to nine and a half. So again, I have no plays on this. My yeah. my inclination would be on the 49ers. I am not going to have any money on this because this line movement is just is tricky. I, I keep going. Yeah, sure. So I don't mind taking a shot on Debo. Only fifty seven hundred. Um, obviously is coming off injury we saw him ramp up a little bit in week 18 there um but he it it can be a monster and this seattle defense has had moments this year but generally not uh, defense i'm all that worried about going against purdy has proven himself to be very capable at the quarterback position uh obviously they like to sneak in some rushing attempts for Samuel even after acquiring McCaffrey. Uh, so I, from a value point, I think Samuel is someone I'm willing to sprinkle in some tournaments just because we know there's massive upside there. Does does Debo coming back gives me two questions to ask you, Mike. Does it, one, give you any confidence to play a buy low Brock Purdy in a GPP? Would you ever go spend low and bring Purdy in. I mean, they've been scoring nearly 30 points in every game he's starting. They've won five in a row with him. They're coming off 10 straight wins. Uh, he's what? He's also 5,300. Does, yeah. does the presence of Debo coming back give you any interest in? I spoke on Tuesday that for me, it's between Josh Allen and Danny Dimes, and I think I'm pretty mm-hmm. going to stick with that. If I'm going a buy low quarterback, I'm looking towards Daniel Jones, but any interest in Purdy? Yeah, somewhat. Um I think that a lot of people are going to have that same sentiment of if they're not going to spend up for Josh Allen, they're going to drop down to Daniel Jones. And so pretty much anyone else is going to be fairly under-owned. Purdy's Mm -hmm. certainly a good candidate. You know, we saw him have – he's had multiple touchdown passes in, I think, every start that he's had so far. Um, You know, nothing less than – almost 17 DraftKings points. So definitely, definitely someone you can plug in, throw in a couple uh, pass catchers with it. And I consider McCaffrey a pass catcher. So he could definitely absolutely be part of your stack with Purdy and then bring it back with like a Tyler Lockett or a Metcalf, whatever, you know, you're feeling that day. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's definitely going to be unique. And that's one way to get, yourself separated early for sure if you're gonna do that and speaking speaking to mike's point if you're if you're gonna do that go for it in a saturday sunday monday gpp tournament don't do it in only a saturday tournament because then you won't get the people who are trying to go for uh danny dimes so because he's on the sunday slate so you want to make sure that you are playing brock purdy in a slate that also has daniel jones because then that's where you get the the lower ownership and then my last question for you in that game, Mike, is CMC. Is he one of your favorite spend-up running backs? How would you rank him versus Eckler versus, let's say, Saquon in uh, price-to-point ratio? Who's your favorite? It's McCaffrey for me. Um, obviously, Barkley's in a in a great spot, and 
I think the price tag is going to lean more ownership towards Barkley. Um, people aren't mm-hmm. going to want to pay 8900 for McCaffrey, especially if they're going to a 7900 Allen and they're going to want to play a $8,400 Jefferson. Uh, you, you just can't play everybody at the top. And so I think McCaffrey's going to get squeezed in that sense. Uh, Eckler, I don't mind it, but Jacksonville is 11th in DVOA against the rush. So I don't see a whole lot of, you know, I don't see him going absolutely nuts in the ground game. Uh, since Josh, or uh, excuse me, uh, Keenan Allen's been back, we've seen his target share in the passing game drop from, it was at 22% before he was uh, back. And since Allen's return, he's down to about 14%. Uh, so the targets have been dipping. They occupy the same space of the field. You know, Keenan Allen's your short middle of the field guy, which is where Eckler's going to get a majority of his targets. He certainly could go nuts, but I'm willing to put spend the extra 600 and get up to McCaffrey. All right, yeah, I like that a lot too, Mike. I think I'm looking heavy towards McCaffrey in my lineups if I'm going with Daniel Jones. Um, I prefer McCaffrey to Eckler too. I love that you brought out DVOA. Listen, if you guys are listening and you hear someone bring out 11th in DVOA and going to the advanced analytics to pull out DFS plays, you know you're listening to the right person. So a stat like that, I was talking about the speed of the Jacksonville linebackers in my last episode. That's what correlates to ranking 11th in DVOA. So home field advantage. Let's actually start talking about that game. Perfect transition. Sure. Line back to two and a half. Again, Another one that's bouncing around. This line opened at two and a half. Sharp money came in on the Jaguars. When I recorded the episode on Tuesday, I felt bad for the listeners. So I was like, yo, I got the line at two and a half, but now it's at one and a half. So, you know, that's a big difference. And in this game where we have Brandon Staley and Doug Peterson and kind of go for it, gutsy coaches, that two is more important. Um, So line back to two and a half, juiced heavily towards Jacksonville. So I think, the smart money, the sharp money, still more on Jacksonville. I think now is a good time to get in the market if you are a Jacksonville backer. Um, I, I don't know. I, it, like Eckler, Keenan Allen, is Mike Williams going to play? Does that open up opportunity for other receivers? Is it a Gerald Everett tight end spot? Is it a Josh Palmer? Or, uh, you know, is he going to get ten targets and be a seven reception nice floor guy? Talk to me about how you're reading uh, some of the value in this game. Yeah, so I think Everett's in an interesting spot only if Mike Williams doesn't play. Um, right. Yeah, for sure. If if Mike Williams is a go, I have no interest in Everett. Um, but Jacksonville has been giving up about 14 points a game, two tight ends, fantasy points a game, two tight ends. Um, you know, we saw Everett smash a little bit early in the year with no Keenan Allen. Uh, so if we take away Mike Williams, you know, I, I certainly think that Everett's in play. Um, I do like Keenan Allen. He's not so much a value, but he's definitely somebody I'm interested in, whether Mike Williams plays or not. But if Mike Williams doesn't play, I'm I'm all in on Keenan Allen. Um, you know, Jacksonville is not very good against the pass. Uh, their top corner is their outside corner. Keenan Allen's a slot guy, so he won't be seeing him and I'm blanking on his name at the moment, but um, it's and it's just too cheap at 7K. You can get around 
and, and um, so you like you if, if point per dollar you'd be like if there's no Mike Williams I'd prefer a Keenan Allen to maybe a CD Lamb for sure for sure per, per, on a points per dollar not 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 yeah you know, yeah not, not straight up or anything yeah definitely I'm just trying to go with like another who's like another kind of PPR high floor guy or like a Chris Godwin yeah yep uh, definitely I think Allen's shown more upside than Godwin this year. Um, definitely love Al, uh, Godwin for like a cash game lineup, but in a in a tournament lineup, I think Allen's proven to have more upside. Godwin's, you know, six for sixty six and no touchdowns. You know, something like that. It's a safe floor. You know, you're getting the targets there, but Keenan Allen gets just as many targets, and uh, the Chargers are. One of the past happiest teams in the league. I definitely think Allen's in a great spot here. So I also think there's sneaky opportunity for both defenses in this matchup. I haven't seen that much action in the total, so I think this could game could go in either way. And I do think it's going to be a heavy pass game. I mean, both quarterbacks are high-volume throwers. So I think we might see a lot of opportunity. So for a GPP defense, I kind of like targeting this game. Uh I'd probably just go with whichever one's cheaper between these two teams because I don't have a lean over which one is more likely to pop off. I just think this game could present a lot of defensive opportunities. Maybe take the Chargers because you get Bosa. You know, never, ne- nothing wrong with that. You could. I was I, right before we came on. I was actually looking at the Jaguars' defense because uh, I, I, I wasn't even considering them. But then I thought about it more and how pass happy the Chargers are. And we've got one, two, three five games in a row where the Jaguars D has put up 12 points or more. Um, wow. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. correlates to that five-game win streak that they've been exactly. on. What about the, um, I call them uh, the sluts of the waiver wire, the guys who are picked up and <laughs> dropped every week. And yeah. I guarantee you, Mike, if you play in any season-long league, both Evan Ingram and Zay Jones are those yes. people in your league. Yes. They hop on and off. Whoever needs them for a week can use them for that week. Yeah. Do you like Evan Ingram or Zay Jones at all as value plays this week? Uh, not, not my favorite. Uh, I would lean Zay Jones over Ingram. You know, his his yeah. league, his week could have looked a like lot better. His way up out of value. He's like almost done too well the last few weeks. That now it's cost too much. Yes, um, he you know he his week could have looked a lot better if Trevor Lawrence didn't severely overthrow him on that one touchdown pass. Um, you know he's only forty three hundred on this slate, which is less than he was been priced on regular Sunday slates lately. Um, so I'd prefer him Ingram. Uh, you know I prefer Schultz right below him or just going up a few more to get to Hawkinson or Andrews. Um, just not not the price range where I'm looking to spend at tight end this week. So in the next two games, and tight ends are good, we need to make sure we get to some tight ends in this discussion because in the Tuesday episode, I left them all out because it was yeah. a spend-up episode. <laughs> we didn't have Kelsey on the slate, and at that point, they're all a wasteland. Uh, I want to just touch on two games quickly, right? I want to say Miami versus Buffalo and Ravens versus Bengals. I want to group those two together because okay. the totals are both moving down. They're gross. And there are these are not the spots that I would target for value plays. So I just want to like, so that we can move forward, I do think that the Giants uh, 
Vikings and the Bucks Cowboys are the two spots to get the best value because the totals are moving up. <laughs> As opposed to these, this is like where I bring in my gambling knowledge to handicap my DFS takes. Yep. Um, are the, quickly, are there any spots that we like for value opportunities in Bengals, Ravens, or uh, Dolphins, Bills? I don't mind adding Hurst as part of a Joe Burrow stack if that's where you want to go, you know. The, the total's gross. It's, what, 40 and a half, so, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you got it at under 44. Let's go. <laughs> That's great CLV, great CLV. Um, yeah, I think, that, I think this means Lamar is not playing. This, yes. this, this sharp of movement means Lamar is not playing. And, you, we also got a Bengals on the teaser, and that line is now eight and a half. Yes. Jeez, it was six, I got yes. it at six and a half down to a money line. That's beautiful, beautiful. Um, I'm not even sure if Huntley is confirmed going to be playing, so we may get another Anthony Brown game, and he was just awful. It just it, it was bad. Um, R.I.P. to my Ravens future bet from early in the year. It, it's not it looking so good. good when they acquired Roquan and, and Lamar. Yeah, it's it's not looking good. So I'm just counting that as a loss. But um, yeah, I think Hurst is certainly viable if you're if in a as a second piece of a joe burrow stack you know going mm -hmm. chase hurst i probably wouldn't play him on his own um right other than that value wise nothing for you know i'm not playing any baltimore receivers certainly um right and in the other game with the Buffalo versus Miami, you're really looking at the spend-ups, right? Like, I haven't, I don't see any good value in that. I think it's a real crapshoot in choosing the running back and which one's going to be good. But yeah. I think absolutely, like, Josh Allen, Diggs, like, very good chance Josh Allen's my quarterback. Very good chance Diggs in, in my lineup because I'm not going to – I'm probably going to go with, like, a Josh Allen, McCaffrey, Diggs instead of a spend-up and get Justin Jefferson and then spend down on running back. That's kind of where – my mindset and my builds have been so far, but I don't really see value in any of those spots either. Maybe taking Bengals defense if we're, you know, the Ravens are without any quarterback. Yeah, um, that, I, I would assume Mark Andrews would be very low owned, and he's you know, five thousand two hundred. It's not, it's not a break the bank price tag. So that's a nice contrarian angle if you want a GPP. Yeah. Uh, Totally. You know, randomly stack Huntley and <laughs> Andrews and hope, and hope to break the slate with some weird shit going on. Okay, or, let's or, let's get or even using Andrews as the bring back in that Joe Burrow stack if you want to. Yeah. You don't have to do a bring back. I think people get carried away sometimes with saying, right. you know, I have to have a bring back in in my stack. I, you know, it's good for correlation. It's I definitely do it more often than not, but I don't force myself to do it. Like, so. Agreed. It's a good it's a good tip to the listeners. All right, let's talk about this Vikings Giants game. Money all over the place. Early money came in on the Giants. Late money coming in on the Vikings. Big money coming in on the over. Justin Jefferson going to be played in nearly every lineup. Saquon going to be played in a ton of lineups. In the optimizer world, we're seeing a lot of Richie James, and I talked about him on the Tuesday pod as someone that I absolutely loved. Yeah. So. I'm seeing a lot of Richie James. I'm seeing a lot of Hodgins. I'm seeing a lot of Danny Dimes. Uh, you know, is is this open up to listeners? Is this where you're looking? Is this like if you're going GPPs, are you going Danny Dimes or you going Josh Allen? I'm going Josh Allen. Um, okay. I know he's 
gonna be more owned, but I don't care. I'll get different somewhere else. I'm doing uh, the same. I'm, I, I might throw in one Danny Dines lineup, but I'm gonna right. be mainly a Josh Allen stack, it's, mainly cash game. Yep, yeah, it's just the upside's too high for Josh Allen. You know, Daniel Jones can certainly get there with his rushing, as he's shown. Um, but just picking the right stack with Daniel Jones can be a little tricky. You know, we've seen mm-hmm. Hodgins randomly have a multi-touchdown game. Richie James, right. uh, you know, I'd probably lean James. He's the cheapest, but that seems to be what everybody else is doing too. You know, he's had five d- double-digit games out of his last seven on DraftKings. You know, he's been the target monster for Daniel Jones, as you mentioned on Tuesday's pod. Um, if, if you want to get tricky you could go slayton but i don't see it so, yeah yeah <laughs> i i so i'm just checking the optimizers as you're talking mike and and richie james i check five different optimizer lineups richie yep. james is in every single one of them right so i do think i mean it's pretty obvious why and i think this is kind of a situation where i would probably play into it in if I'm playing cash games, you absolutely play into this, oh, right? Like, easy click. Easy if it's click. Terrible, if it's terrible value, it's terrible value for everyone, and we could just move on. Exactly. If it's great value, you don't want to be lost on this. Exactly. So when you see every optimizer, like, like you, you, you play into this. I still think I might even play into it in a GPP. I just still think it might even be worth it. Even if I'm not playing Danny Dimes, the value uh, is just, you know, and the the expectation over, you know, the, like the 3Xing your price tag. Yeah is going to be super important and definitely available. And this game moving so heavily, moving up from 47 and a half to 48 and a half, 48 being the most important key number in totals. Like that's a significant movement. So love targeting this game. You know, they're playing in a dome. Weather's not going to be of an issue. These teams have played each other once before. So I really like the Richie James angle. And then Cowboys versus Bucks. You taking any shots on any Cowboys running backs? Is the split backfield just avoided for you? Are you willing to go with my guy, Lenny Cornette? He's my favorite player <laughs> in all of DFS. He makes it into my core four nearly every lineup. I am eyeing him heavily as a value. How are you? What do you think about uh, I've these been, options? I'm, t- I'm torn on it because the Cowboys defense just hasn't been as good as they were early in the early, ugh, earlier in the year. Um, and I could definitely see the Bucks winning this game. I know they stink, but I just, something's been off about Dallas the past four weeks. You know, barely beat Houston. They lose to Jacksonville. Um, they struggle to beat Gardner Minshew. To me, Mike, it's their secondary is, has been banged up, yep. and then they're not able to bring the same blitz pressure because they have to drop more coverage into their secondary to help out. So they were bringing blitz, getting pressure, and then also having good man coverage backing them up. Now that man coverage has slipped a little bit, so they can't bring the same blitz rate, which actually opens up what Tom Brady does best, um, which is you know hand off to Lenny and do quick passes. So because they're not sense. bringing the same pressure, like Tom Brady historically – you try and, you know, how the Giants win both Super Bowls. You know, they, they brought the house, you know, the, the Pierre Pauls, the Justin Talk, the Strahan days. Like, it was yeah. all but the defensive line mucking it up. Sadly, not what the Cowboys do best. You know, the Cowboys rely on their linebackers to bring heat and their safeties to cover them in the back and, and man people up. So because they've been – I don't know. I'll have to check their injury report. But matchup-wise, I mean, we even saw the Bucks 
crush the Cowboys in like week one. Obviously, much different season. You know, completely. It's almost a, it's almost new teams. Like we can't really overly bank on week one results into betting the playoffs. So much has changed since then. But I think it just shows it's a it's more of a matchup, and uh, it's not necessarily a talent thing, but it's a formation and style of play situation that favors the Bucks here. Totally agree. And as gross as it sounds, I'm prepared to enter some Tom Brady lineups into my tournament lineups this Ooh. this week. Um, you know, it's I've been playing it all year. I didn't play it week 17, and I just want to throw my remote at the TV every Mike Evans <laughs> bomb touchdown. <laughs> it was, so you would so you would look you're you're talking GPP Brady yeah. maybe Evans stack a- Godwin absolutely. Too. Are you are I, you also Fournette because he can get you know 10, 10 targets too? Are you Rashad White at all? Like how does it how does that look for you if you're stacking some bucks? I don't even that total yeah moving sharply over two points of movement towards the over. So love that game for the over. Yep. Um I could certainly do Fournette. I don't even mind throwing some Cade Otten in there. They've Ooh. they've uh, is great out. I they he was a healthy scratch last game, and I don't okay. know That's big news. Yep. Yeah, um, twenty eight hundred. Brady seems to trust him. He's had decent targets. You know the upside is it's it's hit or miss. But for twenty eight hundred, I'm willing to take the gamble and include him in the mix, and you know spend up elsewhere. Um, but Fournette, Evans, definitely. If you even wanted to do Evans Godwin, I don't hate that. It's a little, not my favorite, it's a but bit much, right. yep. yeah, yeah. But okay. I, I, I love, I love that. Idea. <laughs> that is a hot take that has not been given out here on DFS today or the advantage this season. We've been playing so much Fournette. We've been. I give out the core four on Saturday. Yeah. I've just changed this man's name to Cornette because he slides himself in there a lot. Awesome. Godwin's been in there a bunch. I don't think we've played any Tom Brady or Mike Evans, me personally, this year. So I love that take. Um, and I think that wraps up the games for this weekend. Mike, I just want to ask you a few other quick questions. Uh, it Shoot. seems, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like your favorite spend-ups on the slate are CMC and Josh Allen. Is that correct? That would be correct. I'm going to agree. You like, if you're if you're choosing between CMC and Justin Jefferson in your builds, where do you lean? I'm going McCaffrey. You're getting a little bit of an ownership discount. Um a little bit of a spend up to be contrarian kind of thing. Not that McCaffrey's going to go unowned, but just Jefferson Jefferson's going to be everywhere. It's a scary. One of the highest on the slate. Yeah. It's it's scary about, to go against him and not right. have him in a lineup. Right. Um, right. But you know, you got to take a stand somewhere, and I'm going McCaffrey. Does that hold true for cash games? Would you even in cash games would you prefer McCaffrey over Jefferson, or would the ownership make you want to play into the chalk? Yeah, I'm playing Jefferson in cash. Um, just okay. the with McCaffrey for cash, we got Eli Mitchell back. Not that he's gonna kill McCaffrey's workload at all, but um, Shanahan loves him. I expect five to ten touches for Mitchell, regardless. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, if if this gets out of hand early, I could see them trying to preserve McCaffrey as much as possible, get ready for for next week. It's two risky propositions for spend-ups to either bank on a rookie Brock Purdy in his first uh, 
playoff game or to bank on Kirk Cousins, who is absolutely brutal uh, in primetime big big uh, TV games. And yeah. welcome to the spotlight. I actually think uh, the Giants have become such public underdogs that yeah. it kind of scares me. Like, it seems like everyone's on the Giants. So it's, I got off the Giants. I, I originally took them plus three. I cashed out of that ticket. The line hasn't moved, so it's just an equal value cash out. But too public of a dog for me that it just it's super fishy i always smell say that line smells like fish it's a fishy line so it's um it's everyone's favorite upset it's you know you're watching yeah you're watching the shows you know who i really like this week is the giants to upset the vikings right and you just and now know. we're seeing and now we're seeing the vikings money come in and the odds actually be juiced more towards the vikings this is uh this is the rat line of the week, if yeah. we're going to say that. Yeah. This is the biggest trap on the board. I, I do have it in a teaser with the Giants up to nine. Honestly, out of all my bets, that's pro- even though I have like fine CLV in that one and yeah. on a teaser leg, it's one of the ones I'm most nervous about, and I'm more likely to come in on some Vikings money in the next day or two. I, I Right now, if I could predict one bet that I make between now and Saturday or Sunday when these games start to kick off, it's probably going to be me getting in on the Vikings or me getting in on the Buccaneers. And I know I said on the Tuesday pod that I kind of leaned Cowboys, but I'm I'm starting to learn about the market and seeing how things are changing and understanding that this is more matchup than talent. And I think I'm leaning both Bucks and Vikings. Are there any player props that you've seen that you like? I have not really dove too much into the prop market. I don't even know if props are up yet this early in the week. Have you seen anything that you like that you want to give out? Yeah, uh, I love Keenan Allen over six and a half receptions. I saw that on DraftKings. It's a little juiced at 130, but I think it's worth it. Uh, he's been over this number four of the last five, and the one that he wasn't, it was five catches. Uh, you know, we get the possibility of Mike Williams not playing. We get the leaky Jags uh, receiving or defense against the pass. And I just think this is a smash spot for Keenan Highest Allen. Highest volume quarterback in the NFL. And exactly. Herbert, you know, yes. he's going to throw the ball 45 times. I just did some quick calculations on the side. Minus 130 odds correlates to a 56.5% implied probability. Yeah. If Keenan Allen is hitting this four out of five straight weeks, I mean, I got a simple math. That's 80%. <laughs> so we're hitting this well above. Obviously, that's simply not how you calculate plus EV, but it seems to have some nice expected value juice to it mike thank you for joining me you are going to be back with me next week every thursday from now through the nfl playoffs mike also handicaps some other dfs sports mike let us know where we can find you i know you've seen i've seen you post some golf dfs stuff so i'm, I'm not too yep. familiar with that world to speak on it so it's not a conversation that i can have with you but what else do you talk about on your twitter feed where can we find you let the listeners know about yourself, where to find you, and what they might find. Sure, you can find me on Twitter at mlafem10. That's M L A F E M, the number ten. Um, you know, I we do the uh, contrarian lineup articles that have been coming out on Fridays for NFL. Uh, probably will be dialing those back and just doing regular DFS articles for the playoffs, um, just because you. You can get naturally uh, different with how small the slates are, but um, and then we do uh, a PGA PGA preview uh, every Monday or Tuesday. Those drop, and those are all on SportsEthos.com.
Sweet. Go to sportsethos.com. Sign up for the Wager Pass and Discord channel. Let me say that again. We are absolutely crushing it in there. That is the first place where the bets are posted. There's great discussion. You can ask the handicappers themselves. You can ask me a question. People popped in. It was like, hey, what are your uh, feels for this Georgia TCU game? <laughs> um, and I like, I just quickly looked it up and I understood that the, you know, the line dropped from 14 to 12 and a half and then took a sharp turn back to late money, came back in on Georgia, bumped it back up to 13 and a half. I told people Georgia was the right side. Play maybe the money line if you're scared of the points. Obviously, that hit big. Um, so, yeah, great community to be in. Come and join us. Follow me on Twitter at mfiddle14. Follow Mike at M-L-A-F-E-M-10 on Twitter. And we will talk to you guys next week. As always, peace out. Take care.